welcome back to my podcast, Live a Little, where we dive deeper into what it truly means to live your life for God. So today I have a special guest. I have my dad. Hello. (laughs) And um, we are going to be talking about um, a requested topic, which is anxiety. I did an anxiety um, versus depression poll on Instagram and anxiety one. So maybe we'll talk about... um, you know, struggling with depression next time. Um, so today I thought that I would start off by talking a little bit about my own personal experience with anxiety. And I believe that everyone struggles with it at a time in their lives, so whether or not they recognize it as anxiety. Would you agree? I do. <laughs> that people call, like they don't necessarily name it that, but you feel anxious before you perform or anxious before you play sport or anxious before an interview. So I think everyone struggles with it. So in my early stages of anxiety, they mostly rooted from my large thoughts and longing to have an understanding at a very early age, um, which mostly occurred at nighttime. And I don't think my questions, I don't think my questions were wrong, but I was overwhelmed and had a lack of trust um, in the Lord. So I would think myself into um, unsolvable circles, which worked me up and grew my anxiety, anxiety ultimately. And I think, I don't remember, I kind of remember the first time I really experienced it, which is when I was like little, little, and I was like panicking. I was like, I'm never going to go to sleep. I just can't think about anything but who's God's parents are. And like, you know, and it would be, it would be huge. And then I would go to my dad and I'd bang on the door. Right? Which yes, side of that? More than once. Yeah. So I think, and then you would come into my room and then I'd I don't remember. I just fall asleep. Well, usually it's been after a long day. Your mother was really tired and we're frazzled from just taking care of kids. And she's like, I can't do this. <laughs> and since, you know, I had a relatively easy day compared to your mother's <laughs> tribulations, I, I'm like, oh, I got this. So, plus I don't mind dabbling into topics of big thoughts and such, so. Yeah, and so as a nine-year-old, I would get my dad to come into my room and sing me a lullaby and put me to sleep, but really it turned into, what's the word, philosophical philosophical conversations with a nine-year-old, which I probably thought were a lot bigger than they were at the time. But All relative. Yeah, and so my, my anxiety probably started then, and then it was mostly at nighttime because I'm such an like a go 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 person that I don't process during the day and then at nighttime it was like bam you forgot to think about every single thing that happened today and everything you learned and every thought you thought and so I'd have to rehash it all at 3 a.m when I was nine so that's how mine started dad how'd yours start <laughs> um I don't really realize when it started actually I think my mom told me as an adult that I dealt with it. The only thing I can recognize is I remember being in large gatherings at a family sometimes or otherwise, and I would hang out just for a short period of time and make the rounds to say hi to everybody. And then I would just kind of drift off (laughs) and go be by myself. You know, whether I watch TV in another room or, or whatever. And my parents would eventually figure out that I wasn't around and think that something was wrong. And then I got upset and I was like, no, nothing's wrong. I'm just rather be in here. 
And so that was probably some form of anxiety, but I think it, for me it was triggered by, I'm very aware of other people's feelings and and so it bothers me if I feel like somebody's upset or if there's an awkward situation or whatever, I take it internally <laughs> and don't want to deal with it. So I just, it's easier to remove myself than face those feelings uh -huh. head on. I bet mom and I, have stretched those, you know, feelings by wanting to go to every single social event and also being, I don't know, mostly, I don't know, mom and I probably have this in common, this, um, like, unfiltered sometimes, <laughs> woo, crazy party events, and so that's kind of cool that you ended up with somebody who's probably the opposite of socially, um, have, having social anxiety, and I actually, my mom and I were talking about this, and it's interesting that that's something that you dealt with was kind of moving away from being in a okay so it accidentally got cut off and stopped recording so what I was saying is that it was interesting because my mom and I have recently discussed um our anxiety in a social setting is not during and it's not after but it's before and it's like I shouldn't go I you know I'm wearing the wrong thing I'm going to say all the wrong things and I'm going to regret everything afterwards but then we don't actually think about it afterwards because we were awesome at the social event so um I just think it's interesting that people have the same type of anxiety social anxiety but it will look very different for each person based off of their personality so that leads me kind of into the next thing um which is different types of anxiety and do you dad feel like there have been times in your life where you've dealt with um insomnia as a side effect of anxiety or anxiety or so insomnia with anxiety um not very much i mean there was a period when i was a kid that i couldn't sleep i was probably in second grade and I remember laying in my bed, looking up at my baseball light with this like mitt around it, and I just stared at it for hours upon hours. Mom finally came in and said, you know, you're still up? And I said, yeah, I can't go to sleep. And I don't really remember what I was thinking about in particular at the time, but for whatever reason, couldn't. I don't know if I was anxious. My, my mother suspects that I dealt with some anxiety and internalized it, and it probably had to do with we had moved to a new city from you know when I was younger, and then I was starting in school, and I had some hyperactivity <laughs> challenges and different things like that. <laughs> and so whatever it was, she suggested <laughs> I turn over and lay on my stomach, and she rubbed my back, and I was out like. A few seconds and I've slept that way ever since but um, by and large I only lose sleep due to stress or anxiety periodically when things kind of get really stressful. It was interesting as you said that I was thinking about um, as a kid for me my comforter and my way to go back to sleep was for you to come and talk to me mm -hmm. and you know tell me whatever it was we would talk about faith or you talk to me about computers and that would put me to sleep and so <laughs> and so um it's cool because that was the same thing for you is your mom would comfort you and I think that that's an example of this adult like this parenting um comforter which is what God can be for mm -hmm. those who maybe don't have that kind of a role model in their life or 
you know, or for people who do when their comforter isn't around. So, like, I'm moving to college. Like, I can't just be – well, I can. I will FaceTime. But, um, you know, if I'm terrified and having an anxiety attack, it's not going to be run down the hallway, bang on the door, you know. And it has to be taking that comfort from my heavenly father instead of my earthly father, which is sad. But You're always welcome to call. Yes, and so I, and that's interesting because that is just something that you have to learn. I mean, you don't call your mom every time you're having a panic attack, but you remember to lay on your stomach because she taught you that, you know? It's habit now. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, I was also thinking about the fact that um, I think it looks a little bit differently the way that mental illness is talked about in today's time versus when you were younger. Um, and a lot of it probably has to do with social media and people speaking out and you didn't have, you know, Instagram and Twitter to be like, feeling anxious today, tweet, retweet, retweet. Oh, everybody feels the same way, you know? So do you think that anxiety is something that is more talked about and more, more, more talked about now or more common now than it was when you were younger? I don't know if it's more common. I don't think it was, I would have never considered anxiety I, I tell your mother, like, I didn't know what heartburn was until she <laughs> I always married knew. me. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I got this pain in my chest. I'm like, what is this? And I should have known because, I mean, I had, you know, family members that had heartburn. And I've always had heartburn. My friends no don't, though. <laughs> I think Madeline was a baby. But, yeah. Um, as far as anxiety, I had never, I mean, I'm sure I had heard the term as a kid, but I just thought those feelings were usually nerves. And, and I think they can be confused. True anxiety, the disorder mm-hmm. is probably not this, you know, I'm not a doctor obviously, but it's not the same as just, you know, butterflies in your stomach and nervousness. Hello. <laughs> okay. So we recorded like literally like three hours. Not of this. that long, it but felt it felt like, like 30 hours. <laughs> and we deleted it. Okay. I deleted it. So well, it's because we... it didn't record in the first place. Yeah. So yeah. we're redoing it and making it better than ever. Mm-hmm. And if this isn't safe, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so my next question that I asked, or so I think, is that, or no, I didn't ask. I talked about. So if this is repetitive and we've (laughs) said all of this before. I um, was talking a little bit about um, how social media kind of over-exaggerates different emotions or anxieties and stuff. And, but we also kind of discussed how everybody's anxieties are different. So are we just fitting them into boxes of one another? So I discussed like as, um, a little kid, I searched up what anxiety feels like and I um, searched it and it showed me this video of this girl and she was like running and having like this hard time and you know she was explaining anxiety and I was like oh my gosh is that what I go through is that what I'm dealing with and you know I ended up going to therapy and my therapist you know talked to me about it a little bit and just told me first of all, our our anxieties are all going to be different, but anxiety is something that you learn to control. Um, but it's not necessarily something that goes away. Do you remember that part of this conversation? (laughs) I do. I just don't remember what I added to it after that. (laughs) Do you want to improv? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, you had said something about, all right. I asked you if you were, if you felt like you were fitting the mold of Mm -hmm. what, you know, kind of like I've heard some, analogy because I love analogies. <laughs> um, yeah, that 
things fit what they move into. You know, mm -hmm. obviously water, you put it into a, a pot, it's going to take the shape of that pot. So, I mean, I, I wonder how many people that because of social media and, and just how widespread information is about, you know, anxiety disorders in general, mm -hmm. you know, mental illness, if, if people don't just start feeling something, you know, go look for what that is yeah, or support or, or kindred spirit. And mm -hmm. then they start moving in that direction because one, they feel belonging there or, or something, or they just, a bit of a hypochondriac as, as you and yeah. I both are to some degree. And we go, Oh, well, that's us. Yeah. We must be this way. Yeah. And the next yeah. thing you know, you find yourself that way. Yeah. And like I was on TikTok the other day and I saw that a video of this girl and she was like, if you um, have any of these five signs, you are probably um, incredibly anxious and have an anxiety disorder. And it was these ridiculous things that I felt at a point. Mm -hmm. And I sent them to my friend and Brendan and Brendan was like, Gloria, like don't trust TikTok all the way. And I, I, I think it is social media is beneficial in the fact that here we are, this is a social platform where we can share sure. things, but also it's important to fact check, check, read your Bible and research what actual doctors say, you know, and things like that. And like we talked to about <laughs> before, um, is that like, I, I'm having a very strong sense of deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Is that like, I, you know, mom and I kind of self-diagnosed me for ADHD because of past research you know, mm -hmm. and you said something that was interesting about diagnosing. Sure, I did. <laughs> <laughs> about diagnosing of like how you and mom looked at that and not wanting to put us in. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, when you, all you kids were little, whatever you struggled with, we, especially if it had to do with, you know, learning or, you know, something around, uh, you know, a social concern, you know, mental illness, whatever. We didn't want to, we hesitated to rush you off to a professional and, and then get a label. And in the case of, you know, for schooling, if you get labeled a certain thing, then, then that kind of follows you. And, and same thing with mental illness. Um, and I, I call it mental illness because I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't, that wasn't as discussed, at least not with, with younger people. Um, it was more something mental illness to me as a kid was like somebody who's crazy, you know, maybe had schizophrenia or something like that. It wasn't these things that we now can, that we know about mental illness. And I didn't say this in our, our first <laughs> missed recording, but uh, I remember watching a Ted talk where they were talking about mental illness and and psychiatry and, and the treatment of that and, you know, the use of pharmaceuticals to treat it. And he explained how they treat mental illness now. And he, he used the analogy of a, of a vehicle and the engine being the brain and the way they treat it with, with medicine, whether that's, you know, antidepressants or antipsychotics or whatever they're, they're using. He said he likened it to taking the oil and instead of pouring it right in the spot where the, it needed the oil, mm -hmm. it was like opening the, the hood of the car and pouring the oil all over the engine. Mm -hmm. And sure, some of it got to where it was supposed to go, yeah. but there was also all these potential side effects. So 
yeah, there's still a lot to learn about these, these yeah. things. And I've definitely met people where it's benefited more and then other people where it's been worse, you know, for them to take medicine on different things. Yeah, and I don't know how we necessarily drifted into medicine, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like antidepressants and yeah, stuff. Like, tangent, I think but... a lot of that has to do with like your personal struggle and your personal you know wh where are you what point you're at because I remember when I struggled really bad with depressed being depressed um I was in therapy and I had it sweet talked my way into making her think I was okay for like two months and then my last day of therapy she's like oh yeah you get to go like not come back like you're doing great and I got my I was like we have to get my mom <laughs> and my mom came in and I was like I'm crazy like I'm so depressed and I've just been lying to you this whole time and she was like well, do you want to go on antidepressants or do you want to go do like a, you know, what was it called? I almost said ASMR. <laughs> What's it called? EMDR. And so a whole different type of I therapy. I thought you were going to say AA, but that's completely <laughs> different direction. Yeah. And so to each their own, because I chose the EMDR route and that helped me a lot. You can and explain what that EMDR is. EMDR is like an intensive therapy that helps um, bring back old memories. It's kind of like hypnosis, but it's not. Um, anyway, it forces so, you to deal with. Them, yeah, right? it forces you to deal with memories, and I have a processing disorder, supposedly, according to my therapist. So um, I was not making full circles. Moral of the story is there's always routes and always ways to, um, you know, get help. And getting help is not shameful, which is something my therapist said to me. I was like, I'm a Christian, and I, I'm not sad. I'm not, you know, I have hope and joy. And my therapist was like. The Bible says to seek wise counsel, and that's what you're doing. And that is more Christian than just trying to handle this by yourself. And I was like, okay, you know, I feel better. Um, and so, I don't know. I don't think that there's any shame in struggle without, if you're not trying to search for an, a better outcome. You know, if there's no shame in trying to get help. Does that make no, sense? Not, or being in a bad place and getting help? Definitely not. And I think that's, I think with any mental illness, there's that element where people feel shameful. One, because it's not a visible mm -hmm. affliction yeah. as, you know, as other things are. So you, people don't know you're necessarily dealing with that. But I, I think in a lot of cases, it can be as severe, if not more severe of a, an affliction. And Along those lines, when you were dealing, when you were kind of at the height of your depression and things, I, you had, I remember you coming in to our bedroom, complaining that you, you couldn't, you couldn't catch your breath, and you were, you were, you know, exhibiting all kinds of signs of, of high anxiety, and, and you couldn't calm yourself down, and, and so you know, I'd spend time talking to you and trying to, you know, bring you down you know to a normal level and during that that time period i remember starting to have similar symptoms that you had as far as you know feeling like you couldn't catch your breath and i remember looking it up and going you know what is this why am i feeling this way am i having a heart attack do i just need to hit the gym what really, was the problem really it was my everyday <laughs> no, yeah and, and so i i think the lord can use you know your family and, and your loved ones especially when you're you know working through an issue to better understand what that person's going through. And, and I think, I mean, I obviously had some stresses and I was concerned about you and I'm, and I'm sure there was other things going on in our lives at the time that added to it. But I started, you know, exhibiting similar symptoms to the point that I remember 
you know, thinking I needed to get some professional help myself. There was one time in particular that I was having, it was, it usually happened at night, but it was happening a little bit during the day too, where I could feel like I just couldn't catch my breath and it was uncomfortable feeling. And, and then that feeling just made me feel more anxious and anxious. So there's <laughs> one night. Thinking that, about it makes you anxious. Yeah, thinking about it makes you go. Oh. I know. I'm like, I'm so <laughs> it was like two or three o'clock in the morning and I was like, I couldn't settle down and I was starting to freak out. And so I got up and left the house and your mom's like, where are you going? I'm like, I just, I can't do this. I can't sleep. I can't catch my breath and feel like I can't take a, a deep breath fulfilling. Yeah, you oh, know, that's the worst. <laughs> deep breath. It's making me want to do it now. So I <laughs> drove to Walmart at like two or three o'clock in the morning and just like walked around the Walmart, prayed to God and said, Hey, I don't know what's going on. I, you know, I, I don't know if you're just trying to give me you know, some understanding for what glory is going on. So that going through so that I can help her or what, but you know, can we stop it now? <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah. That makes me feel, okay. Well, first of all, like I said earlier, when we recorded this the first time <laughs> is that I have blocked out a lot of this and you know, I, a lot of my depression area, sophomore year, woo, fun times. Um, and it's interesting to see how God works in everybody's lives at the same time, which is so crazy because I was at home in bed, glad that I was having a peaceful night and I didn't need you in that moment because I was at home having a peaceful night. But yet it's like all of that anxiety I usually had was being put on you that night, which is kind of, you know, good for me because I wasn't dealing with it and that was being put in you and challenging you as a person. And and I was, and honestly, I mean, your mother and I have always said this, one of the most difficult things about being a parent is when your kids are struggling, whether that's, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, what have you. And I mean, I always, and she would say the same thing. We'd so much rather have that burden than our kids because you love your kids so much Mm -hmm. that you don't want them to have to go through that, even though you you obviously can't take that from them. Um, you can you can help in the way of, of being there for them and, and assisting, but in that case, it was like, wow, God said, okay, we'll see how serious you are about this. Yeah, well, actually, what that what just crossed my mind is the example that Christ was in that way mm-hmm. of taking on all of our sin on the cross right. and feeling all of that shame and that feeling of you know being our heavenly Father and taking on that sin to benefit us. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. And like you had a taste of, you know, what somebody yeah, else is. Yeah. Not even a drop in the bucket compared to yeah. what he, he went through. And but. so like that, well, that's just, it's crazy how God uses adults and parents in, you know, if you don't have that kind of an example, I'm sure you've met a teacher or at least somebody, hopefully a friend who God uses people in other people's lives as vessels and as, I don't know, examples of his love. And that is obviously something that was behind the scenes that I didn't see because the next day you were probably exhausted and I was probably annoying, you know, and something happened. But it's just cool to see, you know, Christ's example that he is shown, being shown throughout Christians and believers. So I don't know. I just think that's cool and neat to hear about. Um, I think this is when we jumped into our verses. Is it? Okay. <laughs> I, um, when researching or thinking about what we we're going to talk about today, I opened up to Psalms and it was an accident. I always accidentally open up to Psalms. 
um, because it's easy to flip to, I think. But I opened to Psalm 139, and the first verse is, um, You have searched me, my Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. So I didn't say this last time we recorded this, but I think that there's some there's some comfort and peace in knowing that somebody already knows what's going to happen. And I thought this actually the other day, I was looking in the mirror and I was like, Gloria, God's already at college. <laughs> I was like, he's already in California. You know, he's already, he's already going where you're going. He's already met your husband. He's already seen your baby. You know, he's already in those places that I'm so anxious and nervous that, you know, I don't know what those are going to look like. So I think there's some comfort in knowing somebody's already there. And also that somebody's paying attention. You might feel so alone, but God knows when you sit and when you rise. And also you don't want to, you don't want this song of Solomon to be a solo. You want to live your life with in a duet with the Lord. And um, if you're pursuing a relationship with God, you're not alone and you're being taken care of and watched over. And I just think that that it's settling and comforting in itself. That's how I feel. Did you have your verse? <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple. And I mean, one is something I don't always do very well, which is pray. Your, your mother is a prayer warrior of sorts. And I have a lot to learn on that subject. But it's from Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which I had to look that up. <laughs> and it just means, you know, humbly asking um, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And to your point, even though he knows everything and he's there already, I think he just wants us to acknowledge that, you know, one, we need him and that he's standing by to help us. But, you know, I mean, it's like the old adage, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And mm -hmm. God, God can show us that he's there to help. And he has that water that, living water for us to partake in but if we don't if we don't make the effort to you know reach our hands down and, and take a drink that's that's you know not his fault and the other one is i was trying to think of the word and maybe it's a little cheeky that's a, <laughs> that's you ever heard that word? word yes as great as your mother said oh i love your grandpa words um <laughs> i think it's like i don't know you can look it up but anyway it's from matthew matthew 6 34 it says therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble and i like that because it it, it tells me to live in the present which i struggle with and i think me i bring too. a lot of my own anxiety to myself because i'm so concerned about the future that i miss the present and we didn't talk about this a lot in our previous recordings <laughs> on trial one, two, and three. Um, but I think a lot of our anxiety stems from being, again, concerned with things that haven't happened. And we have to be present. There's enough trouble in, in the current day. Pandemic. Woo yeah, I mean, and there's huge problems that only God knows the answers for. And we just need to trust him and, and accept and through that trust be shown as peace, yeah. which will then, you know, quelch our fears and our anxieties. Yeah. And we can, you know, enjoy his creation and everything he's given us. And that doesn't mean we're not going to 
you know, have struggles and, and complications. And what is what's unique about this situation with the state of the world right now is that it's not unique to just you, which I think is beneficial yeah, shared, to know is like shared you're not, experience. Yeah, you're not the only kid that's at home remote. You're not the only person that senior year is messed up. You're not the only person who got a pay cut. You know, and not that that makes it less. No, of it, a, it helps, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily resolve. It, it doesn't resolve it, but it helps you to know that. Everyone is dependent on Christ and whether Whether they know it or not. Yeah. And I think that, I think that this has been a real eye opener because especially for Christians it's like, Oh yeah, I trust God. I have so much faith. Oh, the world's, kind of falling apart right now and it's put it into practice. Just remind me not to go off tangent. (laughs) If you ever get a podcast that goes into the topic that we we talk about in our family all the time, the big questions. You know, we one, should make a podcast called the, the Big Question. The, the political stuff. Yeah. Uh, invite me back if. Okay, you, maybe you should want. make a podcast. No, no, no I'm we afraid should... I. I would trigger yeah. too many people. Yeah. <laughs> just trigger myself. I'm trying to not get triggered by all of that, but yeah. I digress. Go ahead. Well, moral of the story is you're not alone, and. Is that a moral, really? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> you're not alone, and that there's there's other people that are struggling and reach out to somebody. I'm, I said this at the end of our last one, which I keep saying, is that I'm not famous, believe it or not. And I would love, I, I, it makes me feel so great when people feel like they can DM me and tell me what's going on in their lives, because I don't ever want anyone to feel like I have too much going on for them to reach out to me because, you know, as believers, we should be able to come to each other and you know the bible says confess your sins to your you know your fellow believers so you can you don't have to do that but well, to just feel better to support one another yeah, support even one if another. you don't have a sin to share you can yeah. just or to encourage sh- one another. yeah to encourage is huge right now in, in yeah. this current climate and praying for each other i've been writing in my notes people to pray for and i would love to do that for you and you can do that for me and my dad <laughs> you're, you're welcome to dm me but i can only know how to reply in Twitter. I don't so, know how to work Twitter at all, which I think is funny that you like Twitter. I cannot work Twitter. I don't think anyone can I work blocked Twitter. almost everybody in every other social media platform because <laughs> I don't have tolerance for them. But that's a, that's a personal struggle. <laughs> well, I think it would be awesome if you'd reach out to me. Maybe there will be a political podcast coming out soon after much, um, probably a lot of persuasion from my father. But I think that it would be interesting. So, sure. You know, share this podcast if you think you'd like to hear more from us. And I know that there will be one soon from my mom. We talked about talking about purity, which has been requested for months, but I felt like I'm not quite that knowledgeable yet um, in those areas to talk about it by myself. So, And if we repeated ourselves like four times, we apologize. We just didn't <laughs> have time to go back and listen to the ones that we have already previously recorded. So my final advice is to, you know, get connected to somebody connect you know read your bible like this is a great time if you have a lot of time you know you're at home to whip out the good old book and and you know actually read it and um ask questions asking questions is and ask god to help explain it because there's a lot of confusion and if you can take your time and listen to him even if I mean, I, I, listed, I read a couple of verses on the way home when I was trying to find the verse for anxiety. And it was crazy because I was feeling a little bit anxious about this podcast, nothing <laughs> severe, but I was like, you know, what am I going to talk about? So I, I read a couple and I kind of got this 
feeling of peace that, okay, those are the ones I should talk about. So, you know, listen to God or listen to, you know, just quiet your mind and see what comes. And I think he wants to talk to you. And yeah. that's all I got to say about that. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. My pleasure. Um, I just it. shut my Bible and there's a verse on the front and I just thought I'd close with reading it because it's my favorite verse. So I'd read that. And then, um, yeah, be sure to share this to your friends if they're struggling or if you're struggling. Um, I hope that it benefited you in a way and that God will can use it. Can you subscribe it. to this as well? You can follow. Okay. Right. Yeah, you can follow on uh, Spotify. <laughs> um, so it, the last verse is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. See ya.